It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. You know, this morning, my goal was to do a post-Super Bowl show like no other. And what I like to do is take people that are known for things other than analyzing football telecasts and then ask them to analyze the football telecast. Well, I was uh, really grateful that our next uh, guest has uh, agreed to come on the radio with me because not only is he uh, somebody that I've come to admire a great deal, but somebody that has a pretty diverse resume himself, actor, producer, investigator, podcaster, a terrific podcast, which we'll talk about, and the son of uh, former Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura. But selfishly, now that we're airing on uh, WCCO in Minneapolis, I'm hoping as a native son of Minnesota, he can kind of give me a few tips on what the Minnesotans enjoy hearing late at night. Very happy to welcome to the program, once again, Tyrell Ventura. Ty, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for staying up late. Great to talk with you, Frank. Always, always a great honor coming on your show here in the uh, post midnight hour. Mm, well, well, it. thank you. Uh, first things first, you know, give me some advice here on uh, on how to appeal to the good folks of the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Is there a secret code word that I should be aware of? A, a secret way of pronouncing water that will let the Minnesotans know I'm secretly one of them? Oh yeah. Well, don't you know? You know, really, you just have to have it down with the uh, the Fargo accent. No, actually, man, you want to really appeal to the to, the, to wonderful people in Minnesota. You got to do what the Ventura, what my father's done, and and what a lot of people do is is integrity, honesty, and uh, and try Ludafisk. <laughs> knock, knock a little Ludafisk, a little little uh, fish pudding. I, I have tried Ludafisk. I have to tell you, if that's going to make or break me in Minnesota, I think I might be broken. Uh, Ty, have you eat? I'm sure you've eaten Ludafisk. What, what do you like it? No, not at all. Nobody does. Anyone who does is crazy. Um, it's fish pudding. <laughs> it's 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 one of the worst things I've ever had in my life in terms of eating it. But it is a true test of whether or not you are a Minnesota. Good to know. Uh, thank you. Hey, uh, Ty. Before I get your your take on the uh, the game yesterday. Um, what kind of a football fan are you? Would you, on the scale of one being has never watched a game to ten being an encyclopedic knowledge of every team on every player, uh, every player and every team, where would you put yourself? Uh, I would probably layer myself in at about a five. I'm more of an NBA guy myself at the end of the day. However, uh, being a Minnesotan, uh, you know football heartbreaks so well. 
It just yeah. eats away at your soul. Because every time the Vikings get close, every time you think you've got the riddle solved, we fall short and our hopes and dreams are dashed. But that does not prevent us from continuing to root for the purple and gold. I was sorry the Vikings, um, you know, didn't go further in the playoffs this year. I took them just about every week in my football pool, and I'm not really an expert football analyst myself, so I come up with kind of, you know, some people would call silly, although I did very well in the uh, pool, but unorthodox methods for how I choose which team. And because Minnesota elected Jesse Ventura in 1998, they are almost always my pick in the football pool. So I was I was rooting for them. I was sorry they didn't do uh, they didn't do better. Uh, give me your thoughts on yesterday's Super Bowl, either in terms of the game itself or the showmanship, the telecast, uh, anything and everything. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was an incredible game. Uh, it, it was one of those fun Super Bowl games where it wasn't just offenses taking over and going nuts, where you have these like monstrous high scores and you know every every other down is a touchdown, which is fun and exciting. But sometimes you like to see a little defense being played. You like to see you know something that goes to the wire, and you couldn't ask for a Super Bowl that that didn't have. I mean, this Super Bowl had a, a tremendous storylines with you know party. Uh, you had you had down to the wire finishes. And, and thankfully, I, I, in watching the game, there wasn't any real controversy on the field. There wasn't like too many blown calls mm-hmm. that would have like decided an outcome that then, you know, makes one fan base feel like something was stolen from them. It really just came down, I think, to stamina. And, you know, it's a game of inches at the end of the day. And so it's who kind of blinks when you get into the overtime like that. And tragically tonight, the can you know, the San Francisco 49ers blinked. Their defense blink, but man, take nothing away from for both teams. Uh, they played their hearts out out there. You really felt it. No, no doubt about it. Who were you rooting for, if anybody? I, because I didn't really have a stake in the game. I, I you know, and I guess Vikings are NFC, so you got to go with the NFC side. But and, and you know, to me, the San Francisco had a, you know, they had the storylines that you kind of want to see mm-hmm. play out. But like that doesn't take away from the incredible, incredible talent and coaching of the Chiefs. Um, you know, obviously Mahomes is is one of those generational quarterbacks uh, that you that you just kind of know is going to put it on his back and take it in. And, and so a little bit of me, you know, I always like to see the underdog win, even though, the, the, you know, Niners are a hell of a team. But you always kind of want to see that that the underrated team succeed. So I was a little let down that they that they didn't make it just given the storylines coming into the game. But man, it was a hell of a game fun to watch as far as the presentation and the pageantry and all of that. I mean, seeing Usher and Lil John Ludacris made me feel a little old. Mm. You know, I was like, "Oh man, wow! It's 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 reached that level now." You know, between that and like Dre and all them last year, I think it was or the year before, it, it's kind of got me feeling right. Like, you're gonna be man. eligible for Medicare pretty soon. I know it's 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 it makes me hurt inside <laughs> a little bit. It makes uh, me hurt inside, but no, it's good good showmanship. And of course, you know, like always, you know, immediately following, you had everybody jump online and start talking about all the uh, satanic symbology uh, represented at the game. So give us the at. give us the. <laughs> I, I missed some of this, and and you're you're attuned to not necessarily Satanism, <laughs> but uh, different communities and what they're seeing the subtext that I'm missing, which we love for overnight radio. Give me some of the satanic symbology that uh, I might have missed. 
Oh, of course. Well, well, apparently, you know, uh, Usher was dancing at one point on flames, which then represented him dancing on hell or something like that. Uh, one of Taylor Swift's buddies had apparently an upside down cross on or something goofy. Like, you know, it's like it's that's becomes like part of the fun of watching is seeing like where that crowd will take it. Oh, no um, doubt. Absolutely. Every every whether it's the Grammys or, or the Super Bowl, like, you know, it's hey, we got to find some kind of like evil spirit underworld darkness uh trying to be foisted upon the populace through their popular entertainment programs hey um i as i mentioned last time you were on i've become a, a big fan of your podcast you guys talk about everything from conspiracy theories to politics to uh to movies i haven't heard it in a few weeks am i am i not looking in the right place or are you guys taking a hiatus Oh, no, we are still going live and we are still going strong on Die First and Quit on Substack. Uh, it, we've been very busy these last few weeks uh, working on a bigger project involving my father that we are going to be hopeful to announce uh, in the next few months. Huh. Um, and so that's kind of taken up, eaten up a lot of our, our my creative time. Uh, but no, definitely we will have some new stuff up this week. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you gotta, you gotta, when you have a lot of plates spinning, man, you gotta keep them spinning and hope that nothing drop. And and this new, this new endeavor that we're venturing into for the, for the new year here is, has taken up a lot of my bandwidth, but, uh, trust me, it's going to be fantastic. Well, all the more definitely let you know the moment it hits. Thank you. All the more reason we appreciate you, uh, making some time, uh, for us. There was one political ad last night. I'm sure you caught it. Yes, I did. Yeah, so it was uh, the Super PAC supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, I saw that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been a guest several times on this show. He actually did an appearance in uh, Arizona with your father a couple of days ago. Give me your take on the ad that aired during the Super Bowl and uh, his candidacy in general. Uh, well, I was completely blown away by the ad. I wasn't expecting it. In fact, I, Neither I can't was I, remember yeah. if there's ever been a political ad on the Super Bowl, to my recent knowledge or memory. It was kind of, I was, it was like, whoa, okay. And it was unique. It was unique taking the the riff off of his, you know, off of JFK's ads back in the day uh, and then kind of putting the, the contemporary Kennedy spin on it. Uh, it, it was bold. Um, being that he doesn't have ballot access in all the states yet and things like that, I don't know how much it'll help him. Um, but uh, maybe it will. I don't know. I think in today's political climate, I think people are yearning for a third party candidate. You know, they're yearning for another choice. I mean, if we're, if we're, this is my own opinion, but if we're stuck with Biden and Trump to vote for, I think a lot of people might just stay home on election day tragically, because I don't think those two candidates represent the whole of the American people. And we need more candidates than just the, the, the you know, the, the Coke and Pepsi choices that we're mm. presented with every year. Um, as far as his candidacy so far, there's a lot that I disagree with Bobby on. There's a lot that I agree with him on. But I think that's just kind of the flavor. You, you, you know, that's just every candidate. You're not going to entirely get behind. You're not going to, you're not, you're not, you know, you're either going to be all the way in or you're, or you're going to be all the way out. Uh, as far as uh, my father's recent uh, appearance with him in Arizona at a get out to, you know, get on the ballot rally, get to help get third parties on the ballots. Um, you know, Jesse came out and said on, on X Twitter that he supports all third party candidates this election because he is so passionate about having more than two choices, legitimate, you know, more than just the two choices on the ballot. Um, he wants people like RFK, Jill Stein, Cornell West, you know, he wants to elevate all those people who are running for, for third party in, in third party slots or independent slots, um, both in presidential elections, federally, locally, nationally, you know, we do, we just have to get more than these two choices out there. 
Oh, I mean, I I couldn't agree more. Obviously, you're preaching to the choir. The other ad which caught me somewhat by surprise was the ad featuring Carl Weathers and Mm. had sort of a mini in memoriam to him. Obviously, he died just a few days ago. One of his – obviously, he's great in Rocky, but one of his most iconic roles was in uh, Predator, who stars another former – a couple of former governors, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura. Um, In one of your dad's books, he said that you were kind of bitten by the film Bug, hanging out with him on some movie sets. I'm curious, did you ever find your way to the Predator set and did you ever have any interaction with Carl Weathers if you did? It's funny you mention that. I never found my way onto the Predator set. I just heard the stories uh, when my dad got back. So I think it was about seven or eight at the time when he shot that down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Um, but what's interesting is, is is losing Carl hit us pretty deep because I think it was back in November. Uh, my father, I usually travel with my father when he goes to Comic Cons or you know conventions uh, to sign autographs and do things like that. And Carl was featured along with him as kind of a little mini Predator reunion. It was at a convention oh, cool. in Atlanta. So we just got to see Carl. Uh, just a few months back in, in November, and incredible, incredible human being, warm, just funnier than hell. Um, and and seeing him and my dad be able to kind of sit back and reminisce on a film that they made 30 years ago that's now considered a classic uh, by many film fans out there, uh, it, it was it it struck us both. I, mean, I called him because uh, Jesse has a home now in Arizona during the winter, and I called him and, and talked to him about it. We were both just truly saddened and and very. We both felt very lucky that we got to see Carl and and we were both, you know, you never want to see somebody go at all, especially somebody as iconic and, and incredible and, and just a beautiful person and human being that Carl is. Um, so we were very, we, we felt really good that we were able to see him and, and God damn, he looked in great health. You know, it, it was really, really shocking uh, when we saw him because boy, he, you know, him and Jesse standing together. You know, there was some age there, you know, both in their 70s, but but they both, you know, are still are still sport. We're still sporting the biceps. They're both in great shape. And that's one of the things that I found so confounding is, you know, I didn't see anything really that indicated his cause of death. But the last time uh, that I saw him just, you know, on television, it's been a long time since I saw him in person. But the last time I saw him on television, which was fairly fairly recently, he not only seemed incredibly sharp mentally, but. But he looked in just an in incredible shape. So obviously you never know what's going on with people, but uh, it was uh, quite a shock just as a fan. It, it, it truly was. And, and like I said, I saw him, in the, you know, like we said, I saw him in November and, and he looked great. You know, I, I, from all reports is he died peacefully in his sleep, which I think is probably the way we'd all like to mm-hmm. go. You know, if, if given the choice. Um, but no, I mean, incredible life, incredible person incredible artist you know i mean there's not many bad carl weathers movies out there even action jackson jackson is a hell of a fun goofy 80s film when you sit back and watch it so you know the film community and 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 all of us who love film truly lost one of the great entertainers and one of the great great icons of our childhoods if you're if you're of a certain age i mean from from rocky to predator to you know, was a happy Gilmore to, you know, he had such a great career, Arrested Development. No, no I mean, doubt. I, I love the man was great at comedy action. I mean, just a, a great, great human being. And he was a phenomenal athlete, too, because I think he played for the Raiders. Didn't That's he? right. That's exactly exactly right. Oh, by the way, while we're talking here, I got a, an SMS text message from a listener who says, I got the video 
um, the lady that was sitting next to Taylor Swift had an upside down cross on. She was throwing up devil horns with her fingers and also lifting up her cross, showing that it was an upside down cross. Well, now we know the rest of the story, Ty. Thank you. I would have had no idea to even ask about that had you not brought this up. Thank you. So Taylor <laughs> Swift, now we know what deal she made with Satan in order to achieve this degree of success and celebrity. And now she's, she's got the Super Bowl too. win to, to, to boot. Wow. Uh, oh my god so ridiculous where people want to take things it's like you know how many people people have been in the music industry and rock and roll and living on that life and and this wasn't taylor doing this as her friend you know they've been they've been like trying to instigate the populace and and throw i mean how how many metal how many metal artists have thrown up the devil side you know the devil horns with their hands over the years i mean good lord (laughs) the last time you were on the program we chatted a bit about uh ufos there's been quite a bit happening on the ufo front there's been additional congressional hearings the head of arrow is stepping aside a lot of media coverage obviously where do you view the UFO or the UAP situation at the moment? Where do you see it going from here? I, you know, it's interesting, and it, it, it's funny. We always talk about this. Um, you know, where is it going in terms of disclosure? I don't know. I mean, it just depends. I, I think anytime you have government secrecy, no matter what it's covering, whether it's it's UFO or your taxes or your, your whatever – you want to root it out. You want to expose it to the light. I mean, that's just the natural instinct, especially when they're using your tax dollars to whether it's investigate mm. or cover it up. Um, I think it was really interesting uh, seeing the reactions that some of the Congress people had after they'd gone into like kind of the top secret. Uh, I think it's a skiff is what it's called, where you can't really take in any recording information. You can't really do anything like that, but you go in and see the top secret documents. Uh, somebody had a video of them kind of leaving and they all looked white as a ghost or just truly shocked. Um, so that was really interesting to see. It's tough with the UFO thing because I'm kind of torn or the UAP thing, because on one hand, you know, it'd be an awful waste of space if there was nothing out there or an offer of waste of interdimension. Cause I've heard that might be the reason behind mm-hmm. it. The other half of my brain, though, also says it's rather convenient that right after we get this brand new branch of of government at the Pentagon, what was a space force, where they're going to be sinking millions upon millions, even billions of our dollars into, I find it rather interesting that suddenly, out of the blue, the government wants to bring up UAPs. <laughs> if anything, I would, I you know, my cynical brain is like, hmm, that's a curious coincidence that right when you develop Space Force, now we got to talk about extraterrestrial problems and threats. And why do we always re- view it as a threat? You know, why has it always got to fall under military and threat? You know, if there is these beings from another world or another dimension that have such an intelligence level that they've mastered this kind of travel and 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 mastered the technology to do this. Why do we immediately assume that they're a threat to us? I mean, if, if you are on that level of intellect, right, right. wouldn't you then also realize just how precious life is and how valuable it is and how, you know, they wouldn't pose a threat to us because they recognize the beauty of life and the sanctity of life? I mean, uh, you're speaking speaking my language. I, I couldn't agree with you more. But as you said, it's the level of government secrecy that causes a lot of people to scratch their heads. Hey, speaking of what's going on in Washington, the Senate voted yesterday 
to advance a foreign aid bill in a very rare Sunday vote on this $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific. 67 senators, bipartisan, voted in favor. We'll see what happens in the in the House. But um, how do you how, what do you, how do you handicap this tie? the The idea that in the Senate, especially. The two parties that so often can't seem to agree on what day it is, the one thing that they have no problem coming to agreement on is funding other countries' wars. I mean, what's your takeaway on this time? It's interesting that when you all, that, that is one of the biggest things that gets the two parties who supposedly hate each other in bed together all the time, that and the threat of a third party. Our foreign policy, which is you know, essentially really run by the military industrial complex. You notice that with every election of a president, rarely does our foreign policy change. Rarely. We got to remember even Trump, for all those Trumpy, Trumpies out there, even Trump was out there bombing nations. He was dropping bombs on Afghanistan and, and, and feeding the military industrial complex beast. So when you see them get together like this to then send our money overseas, whether you, you know, whether you are you believe in you know trying to support Ukraine or or sure. you know everything going on. You still have to raise an eyebrow and say, hmm, you know, why are we continuing to shovel all of these billions of our tax dollars? Because at the end of the day, it's our money into which we're borrowing more from death China, and violence. which we're borrowing from China to do that. Exactly that yeah. too. You know, so I mean, it's one of those things where if you are a believer in peace, you see, that's the thing that gets me. It's not like we're pushing this money out there trying to support these wars or, or all, you know, under the guise of what we, what we say we're doing, but we never followed up with, all right, but here's our peace plan. Here's how we're trying to Mm -hmm. end this. All we're told is that the wars just have to keep going, you know, you know, and, and that's the thing that really gets under my nerves is because I'm a peace, I'm, I'm peace first, as you could tell, you know, I don't, war has never been an answer. And the more money that you send to war, it's not, you know, the, the, the longer those wars will continue. And until you turn off that money and arms spigot, you got to remember the United States is the biggest arms dealer in the world. You know, we we outweigh everybody when it comes to dealing arms around the world. So we are directly responsible for the, for most of the conflicts or the continuation of conflict. And if you're going to send money to support, then why don't we hear these same voices stepping up as hard, like getting together for all these votes to say, all right, now let's end these wars and let's find solutions to them rather than well, that's just war. What can you do? Mm. You know, which seems to be the, the general consensus from our foreign policy. But yeah, that's the one thing to pay attention to. Since the death of John Kennedy, our foreign policy has always been a war first foreign policy. And I'll point out, if uh, anyone is unaware, you're not only the son and uh, nephew of uh, Navy SEAL veterans, but uh, you are the grandson of at least two World War II veterans as well, lest anybody think that you're uh, spending your afternoons uh, burning American flags and uh, firebombing Navy recruitment centers. Um, Standing standing up for peace is an American virtue. Amen. It's just as patriotic. Amen. Completely agree, if not more so. Um, Two final areas I want to try and get into with you before we run out of time here. Uh, We are on WCCO in Minneapolis these days. The Minneapolis mayor really laced into the idea of working from home. The mayor called people that work from home losers and um, said that, you know, that I mean, that really says it all. What do you make of his uh, his comments there? Do you think that the mayor's right, that the work from homers are losers? 
I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen his comments to, to see how they were said in the what context, but just going off of what you told me, I think that's a ridiculous statement to make. Look, we are in an era where you can work from home as opposed to going in the office. And for a lot of people, that is so much easier for who they are as individuals. Because you're talking about today with inflation and everything that's going on and how little money that the working class people are getting that for them to have the ability to work from home so they can be next to their kids, take care of their home rather than having to travel to some, you know, nondescript office that you just don't need anymore. We live in a world of technology that allows people to work from home at the same, with the same proficiency as they would in an office. Oh, you know, so that's been proven I, and time I do and see again. I, one you know, update so, uh, just to, yeah. out of uh, respect for Mayor Fry. Um, one update to this. He, he says he was joking. So if uh, if people if I read an article where the reporter didn't understand the joke, so be it. Uh, the last thing I want to do is uh, criminalize poor humor. Uh, lastly, um, this is very much a, a sad story. And I'm not sure if you've uh, you've seen it yet, but. They're saying that the uh, wrestler Billy Jack Haynes, who was an integral part of the WWF back in the 1980s, when uh, I'm sure you were watching and I I know another Ventura was integral to the commentary. He's been arrested for uh, murdering his wife. And uh, this is uh, really quite a shocking thing. I I followed. I haven't really thought about Billy Jack Haynes in years, but I remember watching uh, the match at um, WrestleMania three against, you know, Hercules Hernandez, which was a terrific matchup. Any thoughts on this at all or anything you could share about, you know, Billy Jack Haynes? I, you know, I haven't heard that name in many, many, many years, so I don't know the circumstances of what happened with that case in particular. I think what is truly tragic, though, uh, and this goes back to my father's efforts to unionize wrestling back in the early 80s, is that a lot of people come out of wrestling from all the wear and tear and abuse mm. and concussion, concussive injuries, and we know how bad. I don't know if that's the case here. Mm. I know that probably was the case with Chris Benoit. Well, yeah. That those concussive, concussive injuries that are sustained through wrestling do have an adverse effect on your brain. That's been proven time and again. I don't know if that's the case or what was going on with Billy Jack, but I do feel very strong. It is truly tragic that when you think back to WrestleMania one and you think of how many people are still alive who were part of those early WrestleManias, there may be five people, you know, left Uh, my dad, Hogan, you know, what, Mr. T Tito Santana, uh, you know, most of all of that generation, my father's generation of wrestlers are all have all died. Well, the smartest or, thing he did was stop wrestling at a relatively young age rather exactly. than, uh, you know, by the way, uh, Billy Jack Haynes was a plaintiff in a federal class action suit filed against the WWE eight years ago, claiming that the organization mistreated its wrestlers by mm-hmm. denying and concealing medical research about traumatic brain injuries that they suffered. So who knows? Maybe go. that did play a role here, but I'm glad you mentioned that regardless. Ty, I always enjoy talking with you, and uh, thank you for being our radio Sherpa to the good folks of the Mini Apple on WCCO. Hopefully, we'll uh, chat again soon. Most definitely, man. And trust me, you're going to love Minneapolis. you got to get up here and visit. Our, our restaurant seat here is, is uh, extraordinary these days. Uh, Multiple James Beard winners, the whole thing, man. You gotta, you're going to love it up here. Great count on it. Uh, I'm going to wait till it's a little warmer, though. But I will, <laughs> I will be there soon. Thank you, Ty Ventura. Appreciate it very much. Uh, find him on Substack, uh, and you can also check out his podcast. It is uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, die a first, then quit. 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, 800-848-9222. Straight ahead.